coming to you live from a studio audience off of the Cortellus stop on the queue. It's Hetty Green Terrace with your hosts, Nick and Justin. <laughs> oh my God. Ooh, hey, thank you. Hey, hi, everybody. How are you doing tonight? Hey. How, how are you doing this afternoon? Hello. Hey, I just want to wish everyone a happy belated 311 day. Yeah. Wow. And a happy St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Wow. Cool. Oh, Think man. about it. <laughs> Think about what? It's a big week, you know, between 311 and uh, St. Patrick's Day. Both equally historic traditions. Both make me think of Irish soda bread, you know, yeah. when I'm listening and eating it, you know. <laughs> you think 311 ever covered the song from The Departed? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's not 311? Man, I have to plead a lot of ignorance here. I don't really listen to 311. I just think it's hilarious. And I wouldn't even be able to tell you the difference between 311 and Third Eye Blind three doors down mm-hmm. three blind mice you know like I <laughs> three dog night <laughs> three dog night yeah ccr <laughs> <laughs> now hey now you're getting a little out of your depth yeah, yeah, yeah but we hope everyone had a good 311 day and this week in honor of saint patrick's day we hey well hold on hold on hold on, hold on. back up back up back up we have to tell people about the show i didn't even say anything i know right <laughs> hey nick slow down all right we gotta tell the audience you know why you're here. We know why we're here. This is Hetty Green Terrace. Each week on the show, we cover a different episode of The Simpsons. We dive into it, talk about our favorite moments and what makes the show great. Got it? Great. <laughs> well, if you can understand that, you can understand that this week in honor of St. Patrick's Day, we have chosen an episode which features the St. Patrick's Day Parade. And it- We have chosen Homer versus the 18th Amendment. It is season eight episode 18 episode 171 in the whole series wait 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 so it's versus the 18th amendment and it's the 18th episode of that season yeah and it's from season eight which is what i like to do to my food when i cook it (laughs) i'll seasonate it (laughs) and it'll be extra funny because season eight is like a pretty good season yeah it's a pretty good season and also in season eight we got great episodes featuring frank grimes hank scorpio Oh, uh, yeah. And this week we got Rex Banner. Wow, yeah, yeah, you know, big, big season here. The show was just on a tear. Yeah, really hot. Super and hot. Out of all these episodes, so many of the show. Mm-hmm. So many that, and honestly, this one drops one of the biggest lines in the Simpsons fandom. Right. One of the best closing lines of any episode. Yeah. And we'll get there. You know, it is like really such a big... Like I'm a big Simpsons fan and so are you and there's bigger Simpsons fans than we are but putting the whole tapestry together all the little blankets that mm-hmm. make up the whole thing you know, we're quoting lines sometimes I'll be like think of a line from an episode be like I'm pretty sure that was like season 9 and it ends up being like season 3 in this other episode or something right. so like and it's like wow I really as much as I've watched this show and enjoy it I still just like so much you know, now that we're actually doing this podcast and it's kind of forcing me to pay a little more attention, it's pretty interesting, you know? I never realized that The Simpsons was as great as it was until I had a <laughs> Simpsons podcast. And you had to talk about why it's so great. Yeah, you were just like, hey, you know, and I was like, all right. Yeah, and now <laughs> we're here and we admit that we're not experts. There are people that are probably more knowledgeable about it, but we think people still want to hang out with us and talk about the show. 
let's like give them a setting, you know, we're just it's Friday night. Uh-huh. We're just chilling. Got some bolskis packed, some claws. It's like there's a pandemic going on, so we can't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just going to be chilling and watching The Simpsons and, and talking about it. And we have a it. very exclusive invite list. With your very cool friends. And we're inviting you. Nick and Justin. Yeah. So this episode originally aired on March 16th, 1997. Yeah. And where were you on March 16th, 1997? <laughs> oh, I, I don't have an alibi, man. Fuck, dude. I know like a few good movies came out in 1997. Anaconda. Uh-huh. Um, Anaconda. Anaconda. Uh, Anaconda creeps me out. She's like kind of weird, you know? Yeah, her sister <laughs> is nicer. What one Hannah, best picture kinda. that year? Was that Titanic year or was that 90? I think that was the year that Titanic won best picture, right? I don't know, man. Well, let's uh, let's see. What else we got? Oh, it's The English Patient. Never mind. Ugh. 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 I've never seen it, but I only know it from Seinfeld. <laughs> right. And they said it's like really boring on the... Yeah. What else was nominated? For best picture I don't know. But it was the 69th Academy of the Awards. That's cool. That's that's pretty nice. <laughs> oh my god. So in March 26, 1997 in San Diego, 39 of the Heaven's Gate cultists committed mass suicide at their compound. Whoa. Wow. Talk about drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. And what else happened? Oh, the Pablo Picasso's Tête de Femme is stolen from a London gallery and recovered a week later. We all remember that, right? Anaconda was released in theaters April 11th, 1997. So you would watch this episode, and then like two weeks later, you're in the theater seeing Anaconda. I remember my dad took me to go see it, and I thought it was awesome. Oh, and it was. <laughs> and it was, and then I watched Wait, it. Wait, Anaconda didn't win Best Picture <laughs> like the next year? They got it confused because they thought that John Voight was the English patient. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they were like, oh, you mean that character from that sick movie, Anaconda? Yeah, <laughs> I get it. We've all been mixed up. Yeah. Let's get a little more details about this episode. This snakes out there is big. Wait, what? <laughs> this ice ice cube in the movie. Oh, yeah, that snake's big as hell. This snakes out there is big. <laughs> <laughs> that was the precursor to snakes on a plane, I think, was that line, too. Probably. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, last last episode we talked about Tool for 10 minutes. Now we're going to talk about Anaconda for 10 minutes. All right, hold on. We're going to pause the recording and go watch Anaconda. We'll be right back. Wow, Nick, you didn't tell me Anaconda was so good, dude. <laughs> dude, it was pretty awesome, right? I mean, how, how was that? So on today's episode, we're just going to review the movie Anaconda for the next hour. Got Owen Wilson, the butler from Richie Rich. John Voight. <laughs> J-Lo, Ice Cube. A real murderer's row. I like a good creature feature, but there really aren't that many good ones. Not anymore. Is the genre played out? Have we seen I know, but all like, the creatures there are? I haven't gone back and watched like the OG King Kong or Godzilla's in a long time i wonder if i even could you know watch like old school like swamp thing dude yeah or even just like old school bond movies mm-hmm. my attention span is uh hey what were you talking about wait what was i talking about 
We're talking about The Simpsons. We're talking about Homer versus the 18th Amendment. This episode debuted on March 16th, 1997. And guest stars include Dave Thomas, not the Wendy's guy, Dave Thomas. Or our boy, Dave Thomas. What up, dude? Hey, dude. It was Dave Thomas, the comedian and character actor, widely known from the show SCTV. And we got Joe Montaigne as Fat Tony. Yeah, like I said, this is a great season for one-off characters like Rex Banner. And we got Grimes in another episode, Scorpio in another episode. You know, it's funny. We watched The Untouchables kind of as like a little supplement to preparing for this episode. And there really isn't that much that is part of this episode. Like Rex Banner doesn't sound like Kevin Costner Well, here's the thing I found while doing research. Mm -hmm. It's more based off the 1959 TV series of The Untouchables. Right. Starring Robert Stack as Elliot Ness. The portrayal of Rex Banner is more based on that show. But our, Ka- our attention spans aren't going to... I know. We're not going to go watch a, movie, a TV show from 1959. <laughs> I'm not even going to watch Godzilla from 1959, dude. <laughs> Den Castellaneta does the narration in this episode, parodying <laughs> the an- narration <laughs> from that 1959 version of The Untouchables as well. So we watched that movie for nothing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except that it's pretty fucking sick, guys. Yeah, that movie it really rolled. holds up. It came out. Before I was born. It came out in 1987. Stars Kevin Costner, Robert De Niro, Sean Connery, directed by Brian Del Palma. I think we can recommend it. We can say it's a Nick and Justin's pick for sure. You know, there's so many scenes in the movie that are just like really great action scenes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's definitely scenes that have been parodied in The Simpsons beyond this episode. There is an episode where Mr. Burns tries to hit someone over the head with a baseball bat when they're at this circular table, just kind of like that scene in the movie. But he can't, he's like yeah, too weak too to able. hit him. And uh, does Smithers take the bat from him? Is that how it goes? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, great episode. Great movie to watch. Check it out if you haven't seen it. This episode was written by John Schwartzwelder, who is a legend. Legend. On- the Simpsons. I mean, he's written 59 different Simpsons episodes throughout the years. This is the first one we've covered with him as a writer, but he's also been credited as a consultant, story editor, producer, or co-producer. And even on several of the episodes we've already covered, such as And Maggie Makes Three, Bart Sells His Soul, Brush With Greatness, New Kid on the Block, I Love Lisa. He's got his hand in so much of I the mean, show. And some, just some off the bat that I can just mention here, Bart gets hit by a car, Bart the Murderer. Homer at the bat, brother, can you spare two dimes? Itchy and scratchy the movie. The list goes on. It's cool. So there's so many different ways that you can jump into the the tapestry as I was talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, it's such a big show, finding the threads between episodes. One way that you could do it is you could Google like what are the best episodes of The Simpsons. Or you could find an episode you really like, look at who wrote that episode, see what other episodes they've written. Right. And then just kind of go through it. A number of ways. I think Disney has like different categories on it too, right? Or I don't know. There was a category under Valentine's Day that I found where you could see a bunch of the love-related episodes and we covered a few of those for our February run and up until our last episode. Right. This episode was also directed by Bob Anderson, who's directed many episodes, but has also been connected to episodes we've already covered. He was the assistant director on Brush With Greatness and he did storyboard on Lisa Sex. The Bob Anderson. Yes. There's no other in the entire world. The Robert Anderson (laughs) Esquire. There can't be any others. (laughs) PhD. So this episode begins with the St. Patrick's Day Parade. And again, just doing a little background research. Well, it begins Bart doesn't 
wear green to school and he gets right. bullied for it. Okay. But just St. Patrick was credited for driving the snakes out of Ireland. Did you know this? Oh, like Whacking Day? <laughs> yeah. Which was also written by John Sportswelder. Right. Interesting. That's the, the legend of Ireland, right? But then according to archaeologists in the fossil record, Ireland has never been home to snakes as it's too cold to host reptiles during the Ice Age. And the surrounding seas have kept snakes out since. Oh, wow. So what is all this celebrating even for? <laughs> when we boil down uh, holidays and birthdays and stuff, you know, if we really want to like get into it, I don't think we want to. We just might as well keep celebrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need as many excuses. And But you were saying you, you haven't been a big celebrator of P- St. Patrick's Day? No, not really. I remember, you know, we'd wear green to school. I remember forgetting to wear green to school and getting pinched a lot like Bart does in this opening. All the Irish kids, their parents would like bring in Irish soda bread or, oh. so, or some kind of treat or something or like send it with them. Or what, something. Do, what do Irish Brooklyn kids sound like? They're like, yeah, I'm from Marine Park. Yeah. <laughs> soda bread. Let's go to King's Plaza. Oh, I got in 64, bro. My dad. He's awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. What a childhood, man. Yeah, that was me. It was a melting pot. You know, I had friends from all over, but mostly in in the southern part of Brooklyn. Right. Well, let's talk about the couch gag. Uh, Yeah. What was the couch gag again? The family looked like cowboys sitting on the couch and then the couch is like, neighs and like hops away like a horse. And we have like the Western background. Yeah. That's a fun the living one. room. I like that one a lot. Yeah, it's a fun one. I like it when it's not even in the living room. It just takes them somewhere different completely, and you see them all dressed up as cowboys. It's fun. Yeah. And then we make it to Bart and Lisa are walking into Ellie Murray School. Bart says, the green dress looks stupid. Yeah, you sure look stupid in that green dress, Lisa. Right. That's funny. I don't feel stupid. And then they open the doors of the school. Everyone's wearing green, and everyone picks on Bart. And they're, like, pinching him and tickling him and... And then we see Homer outside Moe's with his buddies. They're all wearing green. Yeah. And, and Homer's like, like doing his like little impatient thing with like kicking his knees up. And he's like, it's been St. Patrick's Day for hours and I'm still not drunk yet. And Moe shows up, finally shows up. He says, all right, this is the biggest drinking day of the year. We're the designated drivers. Beat it. I got no room to tape skates. And he's holding the green dye for the beer. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's just hilarious. It's 9 a.m. They're already getting started. And then we go into the parade. Oh, and then we see, yeah, we see Kent. Kent Brockman introduces himself as Kent O. Brockman. And he says, top of the morning to ye. <laughs> He's just announcing the St. Patrick's Day parade. We see some floats. Justin, did you take notes on the floats? I know we see the cops, the Irish cops come through. And, and I don't, they got like their batons and they're like, nothing to see here, folks. Uh, yeah, and they're swinging them around. Right. And, so it's there's really cute. not much of the parade we see until a little later. We see, oh, Marge, her hair is green. Uh-huh. And I guess the kids are already out of school by the time the parade's happening. So Bart gets one of the those big horns that, yeah, at the he, parade. He wants one. Marge is like, oh, you always get one, and then you throw it out. Yeah, can I go to those big plastic horns? Uh, I think these are also called a vuvuzela. Oh, yeah? Is that the name of the vuvuzela? horn? Vuvuzela. Vuvuzela, used in soccer. Mm-hmm. Kind of they're not, they're not used in the game of soccer, <laughs> <laughs> but fans use them to make noise. There's big, buzzy plastic horns. Right. So, and then like a free beer truck rolls by and they duff girls in green. 
and this barrel, this big barrel of duff, and they're shooting duff into the crowd. Right, and Every- B- Bart's stumbling through the crowd. He's got his plastic horn, and it kind of foreshadows this for a second because you see he is at beer level of everyone, you know, and you don't see the adults' heads, and he's just trying to fight through the crowd. Some drunk guys like overtake the newscaster station, and they're like jumping in front of the camera, and then they just start fighting. And then pandemonium breaks out pretty quickly. Right. Turns into a riot in the streets. Everyone's fighting everyone. Well, some people are kind of having fun. We were kind of talking about this when we watched the episode. Bart gets drunk from this beer, and he's kind of like a grumpy drunk. Right. And there are some people that are partying, and then they get too rowdy and start fucking shit up. Well, that's the thing. Like... You can tell they're very careful about it. like Bart gets drunk in the opening sequence of this episode and it's not really played for laughs. It's not meant to be funny because they're very careful about it. Like they didn't want to make it, you know, they're aware the children do watch the show and it's just not going to be a good look if they have Bart, you know, drinking a beer and having fun. Right. Like it's an accident. You know, the free beer truck with the Duff Girls is just hosing the audience with beer and it goes down his little horn and he's like immediately drunk from like the one splash of beer right. and you see his eyes all messed up and well it's not a splash of beer i would say like you drank like 240s at least <laughs> i remember when i drank 240s when i was 10 years old <laughs> didn't i was fine I, I was totally fine i walked right back to school to finish my next test aced it yeah i had some some long joy division <laughs> that day lenny's like hey look everybody free beer <laughs> Mm-hmm. Bart gets drunk and then all the adults stop and like notice that there's a drunk child and they kind of gasp and then all the kids like you see Milhouse and their friends going yay Bart and they just think it's pretty cool but they don't play it for jokes it's treated pretty seriously mm-hmm. and then uh, so they tear everything down and I, I, and I love how like after this whole scene you they get footage of Bart and he's just kind of drunkenly walks up to the camera and says what are you looking at and marge pulls him away and then it goes to cunt brockman what are you looking at the innocent words of a drunken child (laughs) right and the frame of the frame on the news is like marge looking upset and disappointed grabbing bart they're kind of shaming her on the news as well right Oh, also a funny bit here is Homer's in Moe's and he has a keg of beer on his head. He's like, look at me. I'm the prime minister of Ireland. Yeah, you like that part. Yeah, it cracked me up. And well, I'll tell you what we're looking at, young man. Mm-hmm. A town gone mad. A town whose very conscience was washed away in a tide of beer and green vomit. Love Kent Brockman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, another great Brockman line in this opening sequence. He's like, all this drinking, violence, destruction of property, are these the things we think of when we think of the Irish? <laughs> Which uh, apparently that's a joke they threw in for uh, Conan, even though he was no longer on the show. Apparently he loved Irish stereotype jokes. Well, Conan O'Brien's Irish. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know? So they're so back then- at the Simpsons house watching... Kim Brockman on the news. So what's the solution? Kim Brockman says, are we so bereft of ideas that we must revive the antiquated notion of prohibition? Channel six says yes. And then Bart's is like, I'm going down to most for a couple of beers. (laughs) Homer says prohibition. They tried that in the movies and it didn't work. And they're like, Oh, that's the last we'll hear. I predict this is the last we'll be hearing about prohibition. And then cut to the, the mob of angry Women led yelling by, we want prohibition, led by 
Helen Lovejoy. Helen Lovejoy and uh, what's Flanders' wife name again? Maud Flanders. Oh, right. She's a fox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it for the St. Patrick's portion of this episode. And it just sets up the whole prohibition story we're about to get into that references the untouchables and... Prohibition now, say no to drunks, draft men, not beer. <laughs> my favorite sign. <laughs> draft men, not beer. That's great, dude. <laughs> Nick, how are you going to celebrate this upcoming St. Patrick's Day? Oh, wow. We didn't even talk about this. Um, I'm having um, I'm having a dry march, uh, a drarch, as it were. Yeah um lousy smart weather <laughs> yeah uh i don't even really know like you know i didn't really have a problem with no, alcohol it's never really kind of like at the same time a lot of people give up alcohol for lent during this time yeah you know it's it's good to a just lot of take people do a dry january it's good to take a month off here and there just kind of reset and it's just not the best thing for you. No, I don't there's so many things that you can choose to spend your money on or put in your body it's Definitely one of the worst. <laughs> yeah, and considering just how expensive it is, makes you fat. Uh-huh. I've just been doing a lot of whining and dining. It's like I can't help it, you know? Yeah. Like, people just want to take me out all the time. Mm-hmm, I know. And then, you know, I want to take them out all the time, too. You know? Well, I think that's the thing. It's such a trade-off with alcohol. It's like, yeah, you can be more sociable. You can have fun. But then you end up paying for that time, like, the next day uh, or yeah. the day after that when you know you're not at your 100% you're not as capable and you're like you got a lot of shit to get done. Yeah, you got I, a lot of you got a lot to I do. I need that energy to watch the Simpsons, man. And focus, we're taking notes in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um if you like what you hear, there there's no alcohol on this voice right now. I've been I've been alcohol free for at least 11 days. 311. I think Tool might have been the last time I drank alcohol. If you haven't gone back to hear our most recent episode where we discussed going to see Tool, you should check that out. I mean, we could talk about it again right now. <laughs> I feel like there's stuff we didn't even touch on. Right. There's so much I, w- I wish I could just convey to you. I wish that like I could like show you with like a snap yeah. of a finger, but it's deeper than it, that. It's too much. You it's know? too much. It's more than words. But yeah, you it's, know. It's, it's, uh, I, know it's, I know that sounds extreme. It's good to take time off from alcohol. I know. I support you. It's good to take time off from lots of things and really kind of think about what's like good for your body and what's not so great for it. Yeah, you know, everything in moderation, including moderation. And I got to say, hey, I'm proud of you, Nick. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I mean, I don't go very hard for St. Patrick's Day. And you know what I'm probably going to do? What's that not doing? Just watch The Simpsons and smoke a little bit of weed. (laughs) Well, there's like a lot of things that kind of... What else did I give up this month? Oh, yeah. I'm not eating after 8 p.m. Right. And not drinking helps with that because usually like oh, I'll, you're doing if, intermittent. I dr- if I drink late at night and then I'm just like, all right, I want a snack. Or you're something. doing intermittent fasting. Yeah. So I'll eat from 12 to 8, kind of eating whatever I want, but I'm giving myself 16 hours yeah. between to just kind of, I don't know, digest. I guess I'm doing it with the intention of maybe shrinking those hours mm-hmm. on certain days. We'll and possibly, you. you know, eating really healthily during those hours. Hey, don't get crazy, man. You know, you got to small steps. Hey, well, you know, while you're doing that, I'm over here. I'm trying something. I'm doing intermittent feasting. Yeah. <laughs> I do intermittent slowing where like I just like 
slow the fuck down, man. I do interglove mediuming. I do. Um, I don't really do mittens. I do gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got these inner mittens <laughs> uh, underneath my gloves. Winter was. Uh, we're seeing the last of it right now, eh? Yeah, we got a little bit of snow today. Nice chilly day. I just want to tell you a little Valentine's Day memory. <laughs> Valentine's Day. I keep thinking Valentine's Day because that was the last holiday we covered. But little St. Patrick's Day memory. Mm-hmm. What's up? In my college town, Columbia, South Carolina, there's a big St. Patrick's Day festival. Mm-hmm. And, you know, college students. Mm-hmm. So my freshman year, me and a bunch of buddies of mine go down to that. And, you know, you get a wristband, you see some bands, you, you drink a bunch of beer. You know, they have streets blocked off. And a buddy of mine had a friend come in from out of town to visit. He's like, hey, this is a big deal here. Come to come visit me at college and we'll, uh, we'll party. In South Carolina? Yeah, Columbia, South Carolina, USC. Go Cox. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i picked a college because i thought the mascot name was funny so what oh was it was that really it yeah gamecocks dude the gamecocks i'm partying with a neighbor a friend of mine who has second floor apartment you know has this long balcony shared with another unit my other friend has a guy coming from out of town to party so we start early we go down to the festival and then we come back it's maybe five <laughs> him we're like oh beer's expensive here we got more you know we take the party back to the uh, my friend's apartment this guy this fucking guy was just the most annoying dude there he's just like one-upping everybody in the stories being really obnoxious being the loudest and it's like dude most of us here kind of know each other and you're, you're just like this bonus guy who's kind of taking it too far you know what i mean when there's a party and there's like the one guy you're like all right if that guy wasn't here this party would be great the vibe would be totally different yeah and that was the guy and then he passes out in the hammock on the balcony and we're like awesome great oh so you threw him off the balcony well uh close (laughs) he almost threw himself off the balcony really yeah like the guy wakes up on the hammock and then he's like struggling to get out of the hammock and then somehow he he makes it onto his feet and he starts taking his clothes off like he starts stripping. I don't know if he thought he was still fighting with the hammock. Somehow this guy gets down to, he's like wearing a little wife beater. and that was Not a wife beater. He had a plain white shirt on that was underneath his outer shirt. Takes off his shorts and underwear. And then he climbs over the railing and he's like holding onto it, like swinging back and forth. <laughs> and then like. How high up was this? Second floor. So but there's like pretty tall though. You know, even though we're on like only. concrete second, below him? Yeah. It was like a parking lot, like concrete. Maybe like. 20 feet fall oh uh, yeah that yeah would really like it would have it would have been insane so maybe then not a, dead but maybe maybe well, a broken maybe. leg maybe he could have if he hit his head and he's like you know what i'm holding the rail swinging back and forth with his balls out <laughs> <laughs> and who got him up back onto the thing my friend steve you know he was like the big jock of the group tall like six something and he like, just grabs this he dude grabs this guy and like pulls him back over and like kind of throws him to the ground <laughs> with his bo- <laughs> fucking dick and balls out huh? <laughs> and like hey you're an asshole but we can't let you hurt yourself and ruin the party out here right and then the guy like goes inside and like passes out on the couch someone like threw like a towel over him you know he was still just naked yeah with with a wife beater. Well, no, with a plain white tee on. But no underwear. No, no, no. And someone like threw a towel on him. Trust me, like when I said this guy was such an asshole, that someone definitely, you know, they did the right thing. They brought him inside. They got him off the railing, put him inside on the couch, covered up his little wiener, 
And then they, you know, after he passed out, they just did the right thing and, you know, drew a dick on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> did they put his uh his hand in a cup of water? No, they just pissed directly they on him. Peed on his face. <laughs> no, they didn't do that. But someone at later did draw a dick on his forehead. But yeah, he deserved it for sure. And that was—I don't know if that was the best or worst St. Patrick's Day I've ever had. Man, wow. Well, write us in and tell us if you have a St. Patrick's Day story. You yeah. know, have you ever been to a party like that where like someone like almost hurt themselves because they're like really messed up or? Yeah, um, that was me. <laughs> I uh, I was so drunk, I threw up on the floor at this frat house in Albany, and my buddy grabbed me, and he was like, all right, we're getting out of here right now before anyone notices. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, dude. He saves us from having to have like a confrontation. Oh, throw up on the floor. Oh, it's this guy. Oh, let's yeah. kick his ass. You Albany know? frat bros. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like uh, he just grabbed me like he was a superhero and we flew away. Oh, that's beautiful, man. <laughs> that's like, uh, that's I great, was, man. Um, hi, mom. Hi, mom. Uh, I was, um, it was last week, actually. So don't <laughs> worry about it. Yeah, it was before Nick took a break from drinking. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely. Wasn't when I was underage, under 21. <laughs> oh, I was definitely like 18 or 19 in that story I told. <laughs> right. Um, Whoops. You know what it was? It was the subway I had eaten earlier. <laughs> you ate a train? <laughs> and I ate a whole train <laughs> and threw it up. That's why they were going to be pissed. They were like, ah. oh, no, we got to get out of here, dude. All right, let's take a break and then we'll get back into this episode. All right, cool. back we're back we're back so the what 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 did they call the um so we just watched anaconda again (laughs) even better the second time this might be like the 20th time i felt like the snake ate twice as many people this time (laughs) that's pretty awesome so the temperance movement has taken their uh they're taking their cause to mayor quimby's office quimby says you can't seriously want to ban alcohol it tastes great, makes women appear more attractive, and makes a person virtually invulnerable to criticism. The old clerk guy in the corner pops up and he says he's dusted off the records and there's been a prohibition law that's been around for two centuries. It's just never been enforced. Wiggum says, All our founding fathers, the astronauts, the World Series heroes have been either drunk or on cocaine. <laughs> He said, there's also a law requiring ducks to wear long pants. And then he's like, let me see that. And then Quimby's like, well, I'll be done. Long pants. And they're like, oh, well, the other part. And it's that. Which is. um, You have the whole line? About the the catapult? There's also a law requiring ducks to wear long pants. Wait a minute. Let me see that. Well, I'll be done. Long pants. Maude Flanders says, read the other one. The non-duck one. (laughs) And spirituous beverages are hereby prohibited under penalty of catapult. There's also a law requiring ducks to wear long pants is actually the Simpsons has made fun of Disney continuously throughout the years. They make fun of pretty much Uh Fox, Warner Brothers, Disney, any. Mm -hmm. um, But that's kind of alluding to Disney because all the duck characters wear pants. 
Is that right? Yeah. I read that in a book. A book? What? I read. Uh-huh. I get blood work done regularly. All right. I uh, ex- exercise and currently fasting. Mm-hmm. And dude, what are you talking about, man? Alcohol. What? Nah, dude. Donald Duck doesn't wear pants. Really? Yeah, I see him right here hanging out with Mickey. Ass out as hell. All right, so maybe that's just not a... But I believe it's in reference to something. It's so specific. What are they getting at here? Right. Or is it just a a non sequitur joke? Oh, yeah, that's right. We do see Donald's dong. (laughs) Dongled. (laughs) But I believe that you know how to read. I believe you're getting work done. Nick, why are you single, man? It's a choice. (laughs) Yeah, because you're celibate. Celebrating in every moment, baby. <laughs> uh, so they're going to finally enforce the prohibition. Uh, and then they, they re- enforce it. And we the- have a scene. It's on the front page of newspapers. Homer's passed out in the living room, having just read the headline. Oh, yeah, Mo and it. Barney are uh, on the floor. Uh, they had just read the newspaper. Hibbert's wife also falls out on the floor. And this is kind of a reference to like the mob thing with the bodies on the floor. Right, because then you see the beer kind of spilled next to them. And the too. newspaper thing is a uh, reference to Untouchables as well. And, and you see the, the owner of uh, Duff Beer says, uh, they're interviewing him on TV, says, no, we're not worried. Our customers buy Duff for its robust taste, not its alcoholic content. I predict our new alcohol-free Duff Zero will sell even better than our previous brand. Shows him having like a, a uh, sip of the a beer, sip of the beer, like an opening at a supermarket. I guess it's the Quickie Mart. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to thirty, 30 minutes later. He's outside the Duff factory, hangs up a sign that says "Out of Business." Says, "Well, yeah. that's the end of me." <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of good little time jokes like that. Immediately, here's the next thing that happens. I, I, I really do like those. Um, I feel like there are a lot of moments like that on the episode. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, that, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of existentialism in, in, in moments like that. Right. You know? And just because, wait, existentialism, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, just like, um, I think the overall underlying thing about The Simpsons, it doesn't really... It makes a lot of points, but it do, it's not married to any one point. It doesn't really have an agenda. It's not here to necessarily, like, yeah, yeah it's, it's like here me. to make you feel better. But, like, you know, at the same time, it realizes just how ridiculous and fleeting life could be. That's right. It's just here to entertain you, ultimately. Yeah. You could argue that it has a progressive agenda. But, but I don't think so, man. You know, you could argue that, but you could also argue that it's a show for everyone. And it does it without taking too many cheap jabs at Right. Um, well, you, or, yeah, you, which we would see from South Park, really mm-hmm. kind of getting really kind of uh, vulgar and gross when it comes to certain subjects. Right. They do talk about issues like wealth and class, and you also have characters with conservative beliefs. You have characters with more liberal mm-hmm. beliefs to put it in that strict dynamic. But what the, the overarching thing of the show isn't really trying to push a thing. There's never a character that you dislike so much that you just you they're, they're like the bad guy and you can't yeah. and you just want to see them gone know. We're, when we're, so everyone's so funny on one of show. uh on one of our episodes someone asked us who our least favorite characters were and we still had trouble answering that because every character is still funny when they're used well and written for well 
or that can be interesting or relatable. I tell you what, though, if I could drive Flanders out of town and possibly uh, get Maud's attention or something. You Springfield know. would be a better place. Yeah. So just because the legal avenues of alcohol have been shut down doesn't mean speakeasies won't exist. And Moe's turns into a pet shop. And it looks busier than ever, honestly. And that's the thing we're saying. Just because it's outlawed doesn't mean it's going to keep people from drinking. And everyone drinks. We see Wiggum in there. Burns is in there. There's jazz music playing, alluding to like the... 20s mm-hmm. kind of uh, you got like ragtime stuff yeah that kind of culture comes in dun, dun, as soon as dun, prohibition dun. is enacted we they start kind of acting like it's that time so basically like moe's has become a speakeasy with a sign that says moe's pet shop the and mob then is we, paying we see, off the cops yeah the mob's paying off the cops wiggum's partying and, get and we have too. and we have a, a narrator a new this new narrator narrator like, uh yeah there's just like a, a narrating voice with gangsters running truckloads of smuggled hooch all the way from Shelbyville and Johnny Law was helpless. And then we see Fat Tony bribes Lou and the other guy yeah. says, you didn't see nothing. No, I, says, I don't know why people are always bad-mouthing the mafia. And then we see Wiggum is dancing at the speakeasy. Right. So and Wiggum's corrupt. And, and that's when the, nothing's happening, so the Mayor mob Quimby. of angry women comes in and to the speakeasy and sees Wiggum there. Then they go back to Mayor Quimby. They go and then what <laughs> Quimby says, demand? Who are you to demand anything? I run this town. You're just a bunch of low income nobodies. And then it's the guy next to him. Says, election in November. Election in November. Yeah. Says, what? Again? This stupid country. <laughs> <laughs> and the narration, again, that's a reference to the Untouchables TV show from right. the 50s. Kent Brockman's on TV again, and he's saying at the at the Duff Bottling Plant, where a s- mysterious person in black keeps a solitary vigil, and you see the outline, and then you hear Barney. the Barney's burp. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. Gross. And then, uh, <laughs> with rum running hoodlums in the catbird seat, Springfield sent for the one man who could clean up the town and That's shoot right. the gangsters, Rex Banner. So yeah, like that whole like thing, just introducing Rex Banner with that voice and Rex Banner having the voice that he has. Yeah, he has that kind of and you have uh-huh. the dun, dun, straight laced. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's some dragnet in here, if I'm not mistaken, or Probably, it's all just the Untouchables. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we got to go back and watch the Untouchables. We, we we fucked up, man. We watched the movie instead of the show from the '50s, but I don't think it. And, man, we but you get it even if you've never seen that show you get the parody they're making it's not a one-to-one parody it's so much of what the simpsons already is and they're just kind of adding this flavor to it it's like ah here's us doing this other thing with our show dude remember when we got so high we thought we were watching untouchables the show but it was really untouchables the movie yeah so Rex Banner comes in and immediately starts cleaning up the town. He puts up walls to block the bootleggers from coming in from Shelbyville. And the newspaper says, Banner bans booze. And then Fat Tony tries to offer Banner a bribe. Mm-hmm. And he puts the money in his hand. He says, hey, this is kind of nice. And he's like, no, I can't do it. And, and then he, he says, all right, from now on, we'll stick to smuggling heroin. He says, see that you do. <laughs> yeah, that's what I also think is hilarious is that Banner is not really a good cop either. Right. Well, that was or kind he's of the, good. He's, he's good in like morality, but not really good at his job. But that, that was kind of, you know, the corrupt cop, I'm sure, is probably on the show. But it was definitely part of 
the untouchables the untouchables is basically these four guys just start this like they're the guys that can't get bribed because mm-hmm. yeah. everyone else is getting bribed and everyone's and, corrupt every cop is like paid off people in the court al capone is paying off everyone in chicago right to look the other way because he's got a huge bootlegging operation right and he's pulling in millions of dollars in the 20s just insane amounts of money and it's still paying off everyone it's huge alcohol is outlawed but he's making a killing yeah this is chicago it brings a north you bring a gun that's right sean connery just being sean connery in the movie it's a great sean connery time for sean connery between that movie and the third indiana jones movie last crusade was it man that one's really fun and like he kind of plays a similar character like just like almost like this like kind of comic relief because um yeah he's a little older he's like just so like kind of sure and smug but not the, smug in a bad way. He's just like really sure of himself. And it's like when he's interviewing up. Andy Garcia and Andy Garcia just pulls a gun to his head. He's like, I like this guy. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, yeah. Costner's like, I like him too. <laughs> they just want to get him riled up to see if he, he They're like, yeah, can you run with us? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's so much fun. Uh, great movie. Yeah. So Wiggum's kind of put on temporary leave while Banner is, in charge of the cops, Banner come. So Banner is sent in from what's the department? The Department of the Treasury. That's right. Just like Untouchables. Yeah. Wiggum's going around, comes up to the Simpsons window, and he's like, "Can I arrest you guys for anything?" Or he's like, "Can I arrest you? I can't. Can you do a Wiggum? Can I arrest you guys for anything?" <laughs> yeah. I'm just warming up my Wiggum voice. It's like a Bogart, yeah, Bogart kind of thing. And, hey, uh, can I arrest any of you people for anything? No. Ah, I don't have anything to do anymore. With Banner around, alcohol and crime are history in this town. And so am I. Yeah. Meh. But, <laughs> how, so how do Homer and Bart get the idea to say Now, don't like- say that. Alcohol is a way of life. Alcohol is my way of life, and I aim to keep it. Sounds like you have a plan. Maybe I do, Chief. Maybe I do. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. He's kind of like tipping Wiggum off yeah. that he's about to be the beer baron. Right. Showing how like inept. Okay, so that's how arm. he gets the idea. All right. <laughs> Chief Wiggum gives him the idea to be the beer baron. Right. So Homer and, then, and Bart, and then, um, they go to the landfill, right? They go to the landfill where they buried all the barrels of beer from the Duff factory. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're digging it up. Right. Now, remember, don't mention this to anyone. Not your mother, not Rex Banner, not anyone. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And then they're like, all right, hurry up before the rats regroup. They're in the car driving. Rex Banner, what a dope. Yeah, look at him trying to aim that stupid gun. And Rex Banner finds them. And they and veer they, off the road. They veer off the road. There's like a music playing that is just I've never heard on the show before, kind of alluding to... Probably the show, the yeah, the old school cop show vibe. Yeah, and they there's a chase. They go through a cemetery, mm. and the Simpsons car they've got a attached a trailer to the back. It's it's not a U-Haul, but it's a little lugger, and they're it's swerving all around. It's full of the barrels they've just dug up. And then Marge is about to go do laundry in the basement, and she sees all these signs saying "Do not enter" in different languages, and she says, "That's funny." 
I used to be able to go down there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Homer and Bart come out and they have all the bowling balls and she asks what they're doing and he's like, Marge, <laughs> I'm not going to, Marge, I don't want to lie to you. So long. <laughs> yeah. That's a great fight. I don't want to lie to you, Marge. So long. Yeah. Super funny moment. And then they go back to Barney's Bullerama. Where they bowl the balls of beer and it goes to Moe's. Right. And this is kind of a callback to season six and Maggie makes three when Homer goes to work at the bowling alley. And he's like, and I learned where the pins go. And then you see this really elaborate scene. The pins are like thrown out and new pins are built every time they need to reset it. And this uh, zany music plays up kind of reminiscent of that, but it's a lot simpler. There's just like a series of pipes that the ball kind of rolls through and then goes into Moe's and they take the little cork out the fake bowling ball and it's a beer right beer baron's having his his uh birthday at that what's the diner so we're talking about the diner painting yeah the diner painting so i looked this up this is a reference to the famous painting edward hopper's nighthawks you've seen this before right it's uh four people at a downtown diner late at night as viewed through the diner's large glass window this painting is from 1942 and it currently is at the Art Institute of Chicago. Keeping the Chicago theme going, talking about the untouchables, right? And then get this. Here's another connection. So Edward Hopper painted this in the late winter of 1941-42. Then he had it on display at a gallery where it remained for a month. And then on St. Patrick's Day, Edward Hopper was at the attending of an opening exhibit at the Museum of Modern Art. That's where... He met the director of the Art Institute of Chicago, who eventually bought the painting. Mm, cool. So just that painting is tied to St. Patrick's Day in Chicago, just like this episode. So it's super great that it's thrown in here. It just fits. The cops are at a diner. We see another newspaper that says Beer Baron Beats Banner. Yeah. What well, else? The Baron and the Banner thing is cute. I picked that up watching this episode probably i've seen this episode like i don't know probably close to 20 times at this point you know (laughs) yeah i kind of just picked up that he's the beer baron and then it's banner and baron yeah and the baron so then he sees barney walking by barney rubs his face on the glasses hello fishies (laughs) and then burps is that when Banner's like, listen, Rummy, I'm going to say it plain yeah, and simple. B- Banner just breaks the glass. Listen, Rummy, I'm going to say it plain and simple. Where'd you pinch the hooch? <laughs> is some blind tiger jerking suds on the side? And everything he says is this ridiculous old-fashioned like language. So it's it's really funny and played very seriously. Like This guy's just super straight-laced. And then he... No, but a deaf leopard is. <laughs> a deaf leopard's jerking a blind tiger? <laughs> With one arm. <laughs> <laughs> impressive we see uh homer and bart have their barrel full of balls yeah. i like barrels full of beer balls bowling baron, you know beer yeah. baron barrels bowling beer <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> that's great mm-hmm. so homer says wait a minute i forgot to make sure the coast was clear eh it's probably clear let's they're, go they're pushing a wheelbarrow Full of bowling balls, full of beer. And then he just walks right into Marge and hits Marge's foot. He goes, ah! <laughs> and then the whole barrel falls over and Marge yells, beer. And then Homer says, I can explain, Marge. 
please let me explain. Oh, why won't you let me explain? Yeah, and he reveals the plan where they dug up the beer, they're filling the bowling balls full of beer, they go to the bowling alley, they bowl it, and then it goes to Moe's. And then to everyone's surprise, Marge is like, oh, that's really clever. Yeah, he says, huh? Well, it is. And she's I've like, known your father since high school, and this is the cleverest thing he's ever done. Right. And Besides, he's only breaking a silly 200-year-old law. Is that when he says, we're patriots, like all those people in jail? <laughs> um... <laughs> I think and and then Lisa's surprised. Yeah, Lisa says, Mom, prohibition may be unpopular, but it's the law and we still have to and all and Homer, Marge, and Bart at the same time goes, Go to your room, Lisa (laughs) Yeah, it's great. And now (laughs) then Banner is knocking on the door of Moe's. Moe's like, hey, nothing, you know, here, just an ordinary pet shop. And he pulls this giant lever and you see the the bar and the jukebox and everything kind of flip up. And then there's counters with pets. And we see a homeless looking uh, Wiggum in there, too. Yeah, Wiggum's really getting more rough looking now that he's He's not working. He's got like white and red striped pants on. And so they come in, everyone throws their beer behind their back. And Banner's like, what kind of pet shop is filled with rambunctious yahoos and hot jazz music at 1 a.m.? And then Moe's like, the best damn pet shop in town. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But you people remember, baby turtles and alligators may seem like a cute idea for a pet, but they grow up. Let's go, boys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You could say, you know, everybody in there, they're a couple of regular pet shop boys, huh? Yeah. Barney was under the gears when they switched the... Oh, yeah, he comes back up. Ow! Those gears down there really hurt. (laughs) This moment always sticks out to me when Banner's looking over uh, Springfield. He says, you're out there somewhere, Beer Baron, and I'll find you. And And then you hear the owner in the distance go, no, "No, you won't. won't. Yes, I will. Won't. (laughs) And then we get the narrator again. This is one of the best lines. Dateline Springfield, the elusive Beer Baron, continued to thumb his nose at authorities swaggering about. In a garish new hat, he seemed to say, Look at me, Rex Banner. I have a new hat. <laughs> Homer's down in the basement with a new hat, and Mo shows up to get some beer. And Bart tells Homer that they ran out of the beer that they have from the land. <laughs> but I can't be out of beer. I'm the beer baron. <laughs> Again, there's hammering all the bees. Very <laughs> alliterative. You know, Mo's there. He's like, He needs it. Customers are getting thirsty. And he's like, How about some turpentine or cock? Delicious cock. And he's like, Rubbing his belly. Delicious cock. <laughs> uh, so, so what do they do? Uh, they go Hardware to the store. store. 42 bathtubs, please. You know, they're 50 for $3,000 today. I said 42. <laughs> Marge and Lisa go downstairs. They see that they're making their own alcohol. And that's when they say we're obeying unjust laws. We're patriots, just like those people in jail. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. And what do you got? That's more illegal than what you were doing before. Then Banner's back on the street. They, he, they're sending the bowling balls, still doing the same thing. But you see, they're like, I guess they're like making cocktails and sending them down because Moses, who wants a bathtub mint julep? And then you see like the kind of Colonel Sanders looking yeah. dudes in the corner, like, oh, real. <laughs> and then Homer has like these stills and all the things to like make uh, liquor, and they're like exploding because he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. Uh, uh, and then we just see Baron. He goes up to Ned Flanders and says, are you the beer Baron? And he's uh, like, if you're talking about root beer, I plead guilt diddly Italy as charged diddly arched. 
He's not the Baron, but he sounds drunk. <laughs> Take him in. <laughs> and then Homer and Marjorie in bed. She knows that his liquor is exploding down there. And he's well, like, well, we see... Okay, so as Banner is accosting, he then goes up to comic book guy. Homer walks by with a oh, wagon he, full of barley, sour mash, and tequila worms. Tequila worms. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. So that's the whole thing. Banner isn't even a good cop. He can't even... It's like happening right under his nose, and he can't catch the guy. Yeah, Homer is very... He's totally clearly. oblivious, straight-laced, and by the book that he can't even pay attention. But you should still see the movie Untouchables. It's Absolutely. Great. It's a great movie. It's just... That's why the character is so funny. Because he's just talking like nonsense, old slang, and so stuff is blowing up in the basement with their bathtub, uh, alcoholic stills, and Marge comes down. What what happened? And Homer says, uh, "Nothing, Marge. Uh, I think it must have been that bean I had for dinner." <laughs> <laughs> yes, that bean, <laughs> one bean. And then you see Homer in bed with Marge, and there's all these explosions happening in the basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, kaboom! Blam! Oh, excuse me again, dear. And she says and she knows it's not him; mm-hmm. it's the liquor. You know, you know, there's no point in pretending you're making those noises. Your homemade liquor is exploding again. What, dear? Kablamo! So she says, "Why don't you quit while you're ahead? You made a little bit of money. You know, it's a good time to get out." He made some money and had the fun of being a wanted criminal. (laughs) (laughs) We hear something like revving up. Like Uh it's like, and like Homer's like, excuse me, Marge. I have to, and then I'll be right back. And then we hear a big explosion. We see Homer. Marge looks out the window, sees Homer run outside. He's on fire. He's running, rolls around on the front lawn. Says, I've thought about what you said, honey. And I've I've decided decided to to quit. quit. And then we see Homer. Walking down the street, counting his bills, say, oh, well, fun's over, but I still have my wonderful money. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then uh, Chief Wiggum comes out, so, says, stick him up. He he sold the trigger and the, most of the handle. He had to, to feed his family. He's like, but I can throw it pretty hard. Wiggum's really looking down on his luck. Homer feels bad for him and says he knows how to get Wiggum back on the force and he knows how to stick it to rex banner too right how would you like to show him up by beating him at his own game well then we cut to rex banner and he's, reporting he's, at uh city hall he's he's patting himself on the back saying that you know that like all consumption's the consumption's gone down he's done liquor it. seems to have dried up public drunkenness has ceased and, and the mysterious <laughs> liquor clouds over evergreen terrace have cleared up people rex banner has won your war against alcohol and there's cheering we see lenny like up front in this crowd which is kind of odd yeah they're just filling the scene you know right but lenny's like drinks at most he's his homer's drinking buddy yeah he just happened to be there right and he's like cheering which, then, which is so lenny yeah yeah he just is going with whatever's happening he's kind of oblivious yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and then kent brockman interrupts live on the scene at evergreen terrace mm-hmm. they have someone live on the scene at evergreen terrace because chief wiggum has captured the beer baron what about the beer baron I suspect he was just an invention of the media. The idea that someone like that could operate under my very nose is laughable. And then Rex Banner tr- tries to imitate laughing, but he can't. Uh, <coughs> like, well, you all know what laughter sounds like. <laughs> yeah, because he's so serious. All right. Mm-hmm. And then we finally make it to the then Simpsons front Kent line. Brockman r- jumps in front of him and says, we now go live to Evergreen Terrace. We've captured the beer baron. Former police chief Wiggum has captured the beer baron. And... 
And then Lenny says, they captured Homer. That's why Lenny's in that shot. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, so William captures Homer, and then we cut to the town square, right? They're saying that... You forgot one thing, Wiggum. Yeah, what's that? I filled the balls with a funnel. Oh, that's right. That I was there in the Simpsons basement. They're in the basement. Yeah, and he's showing the, the lab. About how they filled it with bowling balls and stuff. Yeah. And Homer's just got that smug look on his face. It's so funny. Yeah. And, and then, Marge says, uh, what's going to happen to you? Oh, probably just a slap on the wrist. Cut to Homer. Hands and he's hogtied. Yeah. And there he's on the catapult in, in the town square. In front of the statue of Jebediah Springfield. Because that was uh, what they said at the beginning. Spurious. <laughs> Hold on. I got this. Spirituous beverages are hereby prohibited under penalty of catapult. Mm-hmm. And they repeat that line. And then Rex Banner says, wait, that catapult's two centuries old. Don't you think we should test it first? Right. And then Homer gets out. Or they pull Homer out and they put a, like a street cat in and then fling it. And you see it go into the horizon. Well, this is the kind of... Um build up Rex Banner as the enemy a little more to mm-hmm. show his lack of humanity for catapulting a cat. But I guess it is a catapult. Right. Ah, uh, that's the joke too. Yeah, it's a mm. catapult. So, and then that just sets up what... Plus, the sound of a cat. Yeah. Like that, yeah. As it gets quieter because it's getting further away. Like, you know, that's funny. Right. All of a sudden, the clerk shows up. Wait, that's after Rex gets in it. So, like, Rex goes to make a grand speech, right? And then he accidentally... So, uh, Mart says, wait, you can't do this. All my husband did was violate a law that doesn't make sense. Now, I'll admit, car crashes and fist fights have been down recently. <laughs> but prohibition has caused us our freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's when, yeah, that's when uh, Banner says, it's not up to us to choose which laws we want to obey. <laughs> if it were up to me, I'd kill everyone who looked at me cockeyed. <laughs> <laughs> then he steps into the catapult, and then Wiggum like says, "All right, send him back to Mama, boys." And then they fling Banner out of town, just like the cat. <laughs> and then Quimby just says, "That was unexpected." <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. This is him like re- hitting the reset button. You know, this crazy character came in for one episode. They're getting rid of him, and then the old clerk just happens to be there, and he's like, "Wait, I've discovered more lines." The law was enacted 200 years ago and repealed 199 years ago. I guess Homer's free to go. On behalf of the city of Springfield, I'd like to apologize and ask how long it will take for you to fill this to flood this town with booze again. Well, sorry, I'm not in that business anymore. And then Fat Tony comes up from behind Wiggum. Four minutes. And then the screen, five minutes later, everybody's partying in the street again like it's St. Patrick's Day. And Homer's standing on the car. He's on Ho- like, a, like a bunch of kegs of beer. Oh, he's standing Barrels on a bunch of, of kegs beer. of beer. He's like, it's like a pyramid. Homer's at the top, holding up his arm. His mug is full of beer. It says, to alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Roll credits. That's it. That's the best closing line you're going to get. Probably one of the most well-known quotes. Even if you know people don't know what episode it's from, they know that's a line from The Simpsons. Right. Again, thinking back in college, I remember seeing that printed on posters you know, in dorm rooms. Yeah. Really great episode. Probably one everyone's seen. And if you haven't, stop this episode right now. Before we wrap up and give it our score, we want to hear what you think. Uh-huh. Yeah, so at the end of every episode every week, 
Justin and I like to give the episode a rating. It's based on a scale of donuts, one to five donuts. I mean, I guess technically one could be a zero. Like there could be a zero, but I don't think there is ever going to be one. So we say one to five. Yeah. Keep right. going. Yeah. So and we can also decide on what flavor donut just for shits and gigs, you know, man. Yeah. Give it a little personal flav. Um, so yeah, like what's up? Like, how, how you doing? <laughs> yeah man what's going on dude what's i'm just chilling so i would give this episode it's tough to say you know it's um there's things that i really like about this episode and then there's things that probably could be a little i think with wiggum there was room for him to instead of just becoming like this homeless helpless kind of guy we could have seen him just work different random jobs and suck at those too Mm-hmm. Just keep getting fired from job after job or something. And as much just, as... Like, just to see just how much Wiggum just can't do anything. Right. He's going to be in an app no matter what he does. And as much as I hate to see Homer help a cop, <laughs> <laughs> we still have to hit the reset button. You know, we got to like put Wiggum back in charge. We got to get rid of Rex Banner. Right. I think that's, that is kind of the thing. You know, Wiggum because he is chief of police, it's very hard for him to like have any real friends outside of the force. Like the way that he interacts with people as a whole on the show, it's not like, well, I guess he was in the B sharps for a while, but then they kicked him out. Like it's hard for him to, you know, and in the episode we covered a boy meets curl. He gets kicked off the curling team so homer and marge can join him right right like it's it, it's like things are tough for him his son is ralph who, yeah he doesn't really who him. like can't make a friend either so you do kind of feel bad for him well in this situation where it's like your choices are rex banner or just putting wiggum back like oh we we actually start to miss wiggum kind of like in the same way that like bart and principal skinner and miss cabrapple like they all kind of need each other yeah, you know, but that all being said, I, I'll still give this episode a four, four donuts, four mint julep <laughs> flavored donuts. All right, mint julep flavored donuts. Okay, well, the first time I watched it to prepare for recording this, I was like, uh, this one's okay. We picked it because of the St. Patrick's Day theme. We wanted to do that. I'm like, I don't know if I'm really impressed by it. Then I actually appreciated it more watching it a second time yesterday and looking at some of these lines. There's still really good stuff. And you have to pay attention when you watch this show. Yeah. Yeah. When that's why it's also so rewatchable because there are so many jokes and especially seasons like four through nine where there's just tons of jokes, lots of stuff. You and can I mean, miss. for you and I growing up watching it, there was so much that went over our heads went over our heads but we still liked it for the animation and right obviously there were there are still jokes that we can all laugh at uh, at it on every episode homer getting hurt or something Mm -hmm. like that you know yeah and it's pretty silly and okay also i asked this on the last episode is homer's thing that he just doesn't really apply himself in this you see marge applaud him for his bootlegging scheme and saying it's really clever that he thought to go get this you know, <laughs> beer and this whole thing they have rigged up with a bowling alley and Moe's. And I like seeing it. That's fun. Mm-hmm. And I like a lot of the jokes in here. They also, like I said, they give us one of the best closing lines a Simpson episode gives us. There isn't, we ended up as we went through it, I'm like, wait, there are a lot more funny quotes in here than I remember. 
it's a lot of it's delivered really straight through that through the Rex character or through the narrator. There, there's, there are certain scenes and lines that I remember specifically watching mm-hmm. with my family on Sunday when the episode would air. I remember we would all sit down in the TV room and watch it, the show together. And that last line is one that really stuck out. Oh, of course. Like, you know, cause, cause it was at the end of the episode and I just remember specifically my dad just laughing really <laughs> hard at it. Yeah, I'm going to, you know what, I'm also just going to give it an even four, and I'm going to say they're Irish cream flavored. Nice. Yeah, for some reason, I wouldn't give this episode a perfect five. I was thinking 3.5 for a while, but I'm going to say because that last line is so good, I'm going to bump it up from 3.5 to a four. And yeah, you got to appreciate the Rex Banner thing. It's not, it's a very unique episode. It's got a unique feel to it. You know, sometimes you, you know, like, uh, one, two, three, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, kind of season four, season yeah. three kind of episode that I would say would probably be like top tier if we're like, think, if we're like thinking about it, this one's very unique. Um, definitely worth watching. And I feel like it's definitely one where when you, if you sit down and talk to someone about the show and say like, oh, I love the Simpsons, like you've watched this episode. Yeah. It's not. Maybe not the funniest, but it's great because of what they're able to do through this parody. Again, it references works of art and film and classic TV. So, yeah, it's it's what's great. And also just appreciating that they're able to pull from so many different references and the things that inform their jokes comes from such a wide Really wild. Source. Wild stuff. And that's anything else that we missed or you wanted to cover on this episode before we move on to our next segment? Well, we did have the episode, we have Duffless, where Homer gives up beer for a month. And then there's also the chili cook-off episode. Right, where Homer promises that he's not going to drink. So, yeah, they have many episodes that cover the theme of alcohol. Um, Yeah, and I mean, you know, uh, Homer's alcoholism, like, it's funny because Homer definitely drinks beer and he's had moments where he hasn't been his best, but, you know... I. He's like a pretty delightful dude, you know, like all in all. He's not the saddest drunk. He's kind of like there's something about Homer's energy where even though he's like working at the power plant, he's bald. He's fat. He's still just like, come on. Like, that's like he's have some fun. He's jolly. He's usually in good spirits. And he, you know, works really hard for his family. He loves his wife and kids. His worst mistakes are done in innocence. But. A lot of the time it's because he's impatient, which we all are. Yeah, we're all impatient. And that's also what, yeah, he represents in us. That kind of, I don't know if you want to call it the ego or what. Right. That's kind of what he represents, right? Or the super ego. Or is he the id? Which is it? If we're going <laughs> to. Yeah, he's just living. He's just living. It's very interesting, yeah, how alcohol is portrayed in the show. And well, it's just such a part of our culture that if this is a show about america and americans and families and towns right we were it's it's something you can't it's part of the discussion sure yeah you know yeah we were talking about you know bart being portrayed as kind of a grumpy drunk and but you know um and then again this show has no agenda zero agenda just and that's what the writers and creators of the show would say so that didn't come from us it's just like um just like me and you, man. We're just here for the laughs, you know? 
Yeah, we're just here to have fun. Not, not here for to be right about anything. Well, I think that's it for Homer versus the 18th Amendment. Yeah. How about it? How about it, folks? What do you think? Now we're moving on to a new segment of the show. We have the Hetty Green Hotline. If you want to write into the show, you can send us an email at hettygreenterrace at gmail.com. But if you want to call in, now we have the Hetty Green Hotline. You can drop a voicemail. That number is 516-939-4629. If you want to give us a call, once again, that number 516-939-4629. Oh, yeah. You ready to get into this week's message? Let's do it. Hey, y'all, this is Frank Zeta-Jones from Batesburg, Leesville. I was just calling to say, hey, I love the Sims. I think it's a great game. When I heard y'all were doing a podcast about the Sims, I said, what's a podcast? My niece told me what it was. She's actually the one got me the Sims game for my anniversary. And I started playing the thing. I swear to God, I quit my job at Grocery Outlet. I couldn't stop playing it. Hold on a second. He's saying uh, he thinks this is a podcast about the Sims? Yeah. <laughs> let's keep listening to it. All right. All right. Okay. And uh, all right. Frank Zeta Jones. Let's hear. Let me back it up a little bit and we'll get back into it. Frank, I swear to God, I quit my job at Grocery Outlet. I couldn't stop playing a goddamn thing. <laughs> this is so much fun. I like when uh, the way you can like, you can like pretend to be a different person. I even made my avatar a lady. She got a dress on and rouge, even though I ain't a lady, I'm a man. <laughs> But I did have sex with many, many men on the game, and and uh, it, 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 on the game now, cause I ain't gay. But uh, I've never felt more alive <laughs> ever. So anyway, I just uh, wanted to say I love the Sims game. I think it's great what y'all are doing, Justine and Nikki. Uh, I gotta run. I gotta take my boy to soccer ball practice. Well, he, he ain't on the team yet, but I'm hoping if I bring him enough, they'll let him kick the soccer ball around at least at least a couple times. Well, anyway, y'all take care. I love you. Great podcast. This is Frank Zeta-Jones from Batesburg, Leesville. Y'all take care. Bye-bye. Wow. Thank you for listening, Frank. Frank Zeta-Jones, one of our biggest fans. I had no idea. I played SimCity and uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon, but I never played The Sims. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't think there was a question in there. <laughs> no. But yeah, you never played The Sims, huh? You should have seen the fucking roller coasters I would build, dude. Oh, I played the hell out of Roller Coaster Tycoon. <laughs> it was such a fun game. Dude, apparently that game was programmed by one dude. One dude. One guy. That's amazing. It's weird that they haven't been able to make a good version since that original one. I don't think so, because I tried to play Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, and, and just, the good. magic's gone. And The Sims, man, The Sims, I played a lot of that. My favorite part of Roller Coaster Tycoon was if your park rating went down, uh, you could find all the people that didn't like your park and drown them, and then <laughs> your park rating would go up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was this little loophole that I found. <laughs> yeah. I just kill the people that didn't like my park. <laughs> You could just obviously have a roller coaster that just crashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then people will get on it again. Like other people will go and get on and it. And then blow up. And there's like all these people have died. <laughs> it would tell you when someone would get sick or someone would die. It would be like on the corner of the screen. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, your part could be covered in puke. <laughs> and people would hate it. And then you could still. I'm getting a little excited just thinking about it right now. Should we play Roller Coaster Tycoon? Yeah, what's up? So anyway. Thank you so much, Frank, for liking the Sims game. Yeah. 
uh, well, this is a show about the Simpsons, not the Sims. But we appreciate you anyway. Thanks for listening. And I hope your son makes it on that soccer team. Yeah. Sneak him on there. <laughs> Think, what would Ho- Homer do? Oh, man. So, um, it's closing time. I know. I just, so yeah, thanks again, Frank. I wish we had some wisdom for you, something to impart, but you didn't really ask a question. So, if you want to call in for some advice or to just share some personal information, uh, I got, I got, uh, you know, just make sure you're drinking water, mm-hmm. you know, just I know we can forget mm-hmm. in like our little day to days. Yeah. Just like drink some water. Yeah, drink some water and get some rest. And uh, we'll see you next time. This has been Hetty Green Terrace. As always, I'm Justin Thompson. And I'm Nick. And I'll see you later. Bye. Peace. All right. Thompson out. (laughs) All right. This has been Hetty Green Terrace, brought to you in part by listeners like you, Scratchy and Otter, with... (laughs) I just lost it. Don't, Don't put this in. Thanks, Danny Lockwood, for doing our intro. Thank you, and goodbye.